1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, and all the way from across the pond is the founder of Parascience, the gold standard in ghost hunting, Mr. Steve
0: Parsons. Good evening, Ron. It's actually back to being Ghost Chronicles International instead of Ghost Chronicles Massachusetts, because I'm back home and it's dark and cold and (laughs) stormy. Okay, if you say so. Big, big change from last week, though. Sitting, sitting in the sunshine and stuff.
1: Yep, stuff. Anyways, we have a great show today, I
0: guess. We do. Um we've had both of these guests on separately god only knows what's going to happen when we put them on together but we're going to find out you remember michael from haunted wexford michael benson the lead investigator from wexford paranormal whom we've had on before and who sent you that lovely copy of his book haunted wexford yes and i thank and, you
1: very much for that of course anytime, and uh, anytime i get free stuff i'm extremely happy
0: yep and our other guest, if you remember my holiday in Ireland earlier this year, I did a live broadcast from ennis Castle uh with it with the uh manager host curator behind oh, so uh, I had dreams yeah. yeah, not those sort of dreams i hope oh, okay. um but but we've got them both back on because uh we're going to be doing some stuff together at Halloween um over at Ennis so Wait, what, what you haven't—you me? yeah, you not mean me, right? No, not you. You're not invited. Um, figured. Yeah, you, you may have seen the posters. It's called Ghosts, Bu- Ghosts Busted, uh, and it's three nights, three talks, three ghost hunts, and a party at the end of it. I think.
2: Yeah. Oh yes, absolutely.
0: Oh, a voice.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. Three parties. <laughs>
0: <laughs> see, I told you it's going to go to hell in the handbasket. Mm-hmm. So, we, so without, as they've already sort of introduced themselves, let's say good evening to Michael Benson and Jackie Hines over the other side of the Irish Sea. Hey,
2: Steve. Hey, How Ron. How's it going?
3: Good evening, as well, from a dry but stormy-ish uh, Wexford.
2: Yeah. You see, we had kept quiet, but then somebody mentioned party, and we couldn't keep our <laughs> mouths shut after that.
0: <laughs> So, Michael, uh, Jackie, you've, you're dragging me back over to Ireland. Doesn't take much dragging, but you're dragging me over there uh, for three nights for Halloween. Uh, do you want to tell us, uh, tell everybody else, because obviously I know, uh, tell Ron why and the the listeners. Absolutely. I we well, to- mean, the
2: thing is. A number of times a year we try to have uh, events in the castle that involve the public because of the level of interest that's there. But because Halloween happens coincidentally the fall on the Friday night, we have our public paranormal investigation of the location. But to arm themselves with additional knowledge this year, they will have the opportunity and the pleasure of um, spending some time, if they so wish, on the Wednesday and Thursday night in your good company. Learning a little bit more about the subject at a uh, somewhat deeper level, maybe than opportunity presents normally.
0: That sounds like fun. Um, so what? You know, I'm Just trying to remember the, the the first night. It's all about photography and orbs, isn't it? So people are invited to bring their cameras because afterwards we'll be. Uh, I don't Didn't know. Should we have a? Should we have, have a bet? Sorry. Didn't they bring their orbs? Uh, well, I think we're going to actually have the best orb of the night competition. Mm, I like that. And, well, you know what, the prize, we'll, for a prize, we'll have to use telephone calls from the dead and second prize will be two copies. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know what, it, the, the topic of orbs is really, it's a topic that everyone loves to hate, or know certainly I do.
0: <laughs> well, I, I think, I I think people tend to expect me to come down very hard against them uh, as being dust and moisture and I think the standard the standard perceived wisdom these days is that 99% of them are dust and moisture and 1% are paranormal, Um, the rider there being that the 1% is usually the ones that the the paranormal teams have on the websites. Everybody else's is is the 99%. Uh, But the truth might be stranger than the fiction, so we're going to be looking a little bit more in-depth at the Orb phenomena uh, on the Wednesday night. Then on the Thursday night a brand new talk called The Story of Ghost Hunting, uh, which hasn't been done before. So it's a brand new one. And Friday night it's a secret. It's a short Hopefully, more humorous one um, for the Friday night to get people into the mood for a spooky Halloween ghost hunt at Enniscorthy Castle.
2: Yes, and based on the occurrences over the last 24 hours, as an added extra bonus for those that have already been in the dungeon of Enniscorthy Castle, it's potentially the first thing they get to spend time down there uh, semi immersed in water. <laughs> 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 because apparently the water table has risen somewhat and we now have water rising up from the floor of the dungeon of Enniscardi Castle.
0: Well, that suits me because it gets us to another uh, idea that we've bashed out over the years is this idea of water being related to hauntings and having some sort of uh, ability to remember, to store information. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it might become more haunted or just nasty and damp.
3: Maybe that's why it looks in the shape of, like, a dead body with its arms up in the air.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And
2: we move, uh, we segue (laughs) gently into the topic of paradolia.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm staying with water, actually, because it brings me back to uh, a week or so ago when Ron and I were up at the lighthouse at uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, uh, where there is a whole raft of stories that really intrigued me. You know it's um it's it's always interesting for me when you hear stories that are seemingly- being confirmed by people who are separated by uh experience by time that they don't know each other, and also interestingly because the lighthouse i'm right it we're on it is on uh coast guard u s coast guard land business it? within the base. Um, and we were talking to some of the Coast Guard personnel, and they, they also, fact, I think most of them had actually had experiences. And what was interesting is those experiences seem to be confirming the experiences of visitors and of people uh, uh, ghost hunting, including my co-host. who's had a, an apparitional encounter, haven't you, Ron?
1: Yeah, I've had an experience there
0: or two, but uh,
1: a lot of people have, so it's it's it seems to be more and more active as well.
0: Do you think I, do you think its closeness to the water might have any bearing on that? I don't and would know. you and are you going to share your experience?
1: No, I just saw a woman <laughs> and so that's uh but no, I don't think water has anything to do with it. I just think it is what it is.
0: Well, I know you're a great fan of the of the stone tape as put about by Richard Richard Felix, um, but you know, I, I, you know I think
1: that's just just uh, just looking for for some type of uh, theory that for things that we can't explain. So those are, I think, the water tape and the stone tape are both of those.
0: Well, yeah, I, I, I I have to agree with you, but you know we've got to find some some basis of physics some basis of explanation and rationale for how these sightings apparently occur and the idea I, that...
1: The key to it is, is not so much uh, trying to find out what the sightings we have to find out what the sightings are before we can measure them or even come up with a theory of what they are what they can be measured, seen or whatever, or how they exist but we have to know what they are, we, to this point we do not know what a, a ghost is
0: You're pinching on my lines tonight, aren't
2: you? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, if, if we can equate, I guess, what you're talking about to experiences in Nescarter Castle, Funny enough, part of the reason why we were contacted first about the location was that numerous visitors, again, with no association to each other, at numerous times had reported the same phenomena at the same location in, in the castle. And we're obviously sharing that back with the staff. Um, and that was interesting, I suppose, from a an inquiring mind perspective. Well, if it's at the same point in the castle and potentially around the same time, we don't know. But are there environmental factoral conditions that are creating the occurrence that's interpreted by the person as an apparition or a shadow figure, or you know, in in that instance? But look at those reports are are uh, certainly commonplace and, and prevalent from Meniscardi Castle as well.
0: There are also uh, sorry, Ron.
2: That's okay, though.
0: No, is I was just uh, c- continuing this this same thing are around about the, the, the Irish because you also have other locations based right around the coast, don't you? There's Duncan Fort which is on the coast and also the lighthouse. Yeah. Um Ron Ron is a, a great fan of lighthouses, um and that's certainly um is it the oldest lighthouse still still operational? Yeah, the, in the world?
2: oldest working one, yeah. Yeah, it's over eight hundred years yeah. in existence, yeah.
0: Yeah. What sort of phenomena reported at the lighthouse, Michael? Uh,
2: there's shadow figures reported as well. I mean, we on one occasion, and um, you've met Michael, uh, the, our tech uh, specialist, so you'll know that he's no small man, and he's not inclined to notions of, of fanciful encounters. But he got uh, a wetting on the stairs that he can't explain, and when he went home and got up the next morning, his jacket was. Quite literally dripping water um, now again if, if you want to relate that to that water principle, but there are the types of, of reports from there. Um, it, it, originally there was there was monks who would have manned the the fires at that point as well. I don't know of any reports or people have re- recorded see or reported seeing monks, but certainly shadow figures within the the tower of the lighthouse itself have been
0: reported. I was waiting for Ron there because Ron, Ron is the is the is the big lighthouse expert um, and big fan of lighthouses. So I was I was waiting to see if he's going to jump in there because he knows far more about lighthouses than I do. Yeah,
2: yeah. But I do know that when you look at all those locations, whether it's the lighthouse in in um, um Hookhead or whether it's Enniskerry uh, Castle or Duncan, I mean, you've got all these elements that people talk about: the large body of water, limestone, all that kind of thing. You know, that principle of. That compound silica and its potential to absorb the the memory of occurrences or events, and then under the right conditions play them back. Which brings us I, to this I, one.
0: Day. Yeah, I always thought that one's it's, uh, that smacks us uh, uh, grasping at straws because mm-hmm. I can't find anything that supports mm-hmm. this idea that silica or rust within a building or within a wall. Yeah will record anything the the idea of the water tape is really nothing more than uh you know a random musing that we came up with a few years ago because we noticed that in terms of homeopathy water does appear to have a memory and it was a sort of extrapolation of that idea into well is that a potential uh, is there a potential mechanism there it's certainly a, a better mechanism um, than this idea that just because there's silica within the walls of a building, mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. rust. Um But as I say, it was always sp- entirely speculative. What's interesting is that the the lighthouses I noticed in America, um, or the, certainly the one we visited, Ron was it was brick-lined, but it was it was steel it was um, a steel tube, wasn't it, Ron?
1: It was it was brick uh, enclosed and steel to- steel-tube on the outside, so. But that's, I mean, we have no, there's no scientific evidence whatsoever to uh, give us any indication that any material uh, can hold something that we don't even know uh, what it's made of. You know, everybody likes to talk about ghosts and energy, but, you know, they never really define the energy that it was. It's we, its not electrical energy. We already know that. Uh, so it, it's difficult to... Uh, you know, until we define what a ghost is, we you know the theories about you know white houses and bricks and water and stuff are all yeah
0: Well, if that's the case, Ron, how come then then that you when you're ghost hunting and measuring electromagnetic fields, if you say that you know it's not electrical, why are you even bothering to measure that sort of stuff?
1: The idea is to uh, see to rule that out basically to tick that box off that we know that uh, it is not electrical if we can you know not measure anything so therefore we can tick that box off.
0: Well, if you've already ticked it off, why you continue to measure it? That's you know it, it, because we because... Don't
1: know it, because we don't know what it's composed of and, and we are attempting to find out by continuous studies of uh, electrical
0: energy and the relationship to spirits. Is it purely electrical energy or are you studying electrostatics, electromagnetics? Uh, Is it a specific Uh, type uh, of electrical energy?
1: We're attempting to to do, you know, really find out what correlation between any of the things, between temperature, between uh, electrical energy, magnetic fields, whatever it is. So we're trying to find a correlation. Of course, there is none that we can there, you know, there are indications that it may be, but it, it's not consistent enough to say uh, specifically that it is.
0: Well, I mean, there is there is certainly definite, strong evidence for a correlation between temperature and anomalous experiences that have been no, reported. Not, not really. I mean, that goes. There, there oh, are. Abs- no, there absolutely are, and I can give oh, you the, chapter and verse the, on them. Should are. we stop? Start- should we start with Tyrrell in 1947 or Harry Price yeah, I know in the there, 1930s? There are
1: Harry there but once again, they're not consistent enough to prove that there is a the correlation between them. There are
0: a definite it, correlation. There are a definite correlation. It's, it's, it's in the, it's science, in the research.
1: Prove that it's consistent, then it doesn't really.
0: Well, well, actually, it does because uh, there are there are there are a number of cases where the objectively measured and correctly measured temperature. Correlates precisely with an anomalous experience being subjectively reported. And that has been documented within within research papers. We're
1: talking about a a lone uh, experience. No, we're not talking about a lone
0: experience.
1: We're talking about. There's a relationship that then the temperature should be correlated all the time. And we know that's not true.
0: No, no, that's not. That's incorrect. That's incorrect. No, I don't think so. Uh, Your understanding of science then just fell apart because you you only have to demonstrate that there is a a correlation. It doesn't have to be entirely reproducible every time because you're dealing with one variable there, and that's a subjective component. A person may not be looking in the right direction or they may not uh, observe the phenomena. Therefore, it may not be reported, even though the temperature uh, and uh, and, uh, an anomalous event takes place simultaneously.
2: So, Michael, are there any cold spots at the castle? <laughs> um, they're, they're, well, luckily for us that, that the castle is, is uh, temperature-controlled and humidity-controlled, but it can be a little bit cold in the dungeon at times when you're sitting on a damp floor.
3: <laughs> That's 3 o'clock in the morning, though, and there's no cushions. So, and all the heaters are on now to get the humidity down from 80% to 50 So it's a lovely toasty <laughs> castle at the minute. Yeah, I
2: mean, you're going, you're, going to to, you're going to have to come across it and, and see it at some point, Ron. I'm sure that's going to happen. So it would be great to have you across and, and, and get your take on the place in a three-dimensional sense.
3: <laughs> actually, no, there is one cold spot. It's called the manager's office. So, yeah.
2: you sure it's not
1: the <laughs> manager?
3: So, we call it the crow's nest, actually, because it's up on the second floor with lovely views <laughs> over the river, uh, more water, but I never sensed anything in, in the water, Um only it's not really very drinkable. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm a
1: little bit painful. You have been a manager for a while. Have you seen any apparitions yourself?
3: Um, I think I was explaining to you the last time I was on, just at the very start before the castle was open, just some sort of a small shadow that caught my eye, thinking it was one of the builders. But. Um, The staff were explaining to me today when I was just uh, saying that I was coming on uh, this evening to say that uh, the gentleman who comes uh, around the world on Christmas Day Comes to reside in the castle. Michael hasn't heard this either, actually. Comes to reside in the castle for a little while and had the life scared out of him when outside he heard his name being called. All right. Okay. And the other, so one of the staff explained to me this evening that he had heard his name called as well. So that was news to me and mm-hmm. and now news to Michael as well. So. But well, um, that
2: adds to the fact that we've anecdotal reports that, uh, members of the mm. public have, have, their, names have their names called and yeah. come down and inquired at reception as to why somebody was calling them by their name when, in actual fact, the staff wouldn't have been aware of their name in the first place. Anyhow, interesting.
1: Now, there's always a uh, you know a, a, one of the theories is, and there are tons and tons of theories in in that we actually create the ghosts ourselves, and by hearing our own names, that we just subconsciously uh, say it and. Un- unknown to our uh, conscious and that's what we actually hear
3: i think well, you see i suppose the, the people that have come in are not pre they're not predisposed to knowing that there's anything there the, the the spirits or the ghosts that we have in the castle we don't broadcast who they are it might sound a bit weird but we let them do that themselves so mm-hmm. it wouldn't be widely known who's there no so there's no, you know, with, with general visitors that come in, there's no predisposition to assume that there's anybody there. It's not, you know, garthy Castle, despite, I, I'd say, it being probably the most um, haunted site in, in Wexford because of the work that Wexford Paranormal have done and the recordings that they've taken. So um, whether you believe it or whether or not, there are verifiable accounts of some efforts at communications thats fair yeah it's very, that. and,
2: and sorry go ahead Jackie.
3: Um that it's 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 the castle flies under the radar usually so I, mean, I suppose that's why we're delighted to have steve over and to to try and take the castle and the product that's there into a more scientific area rather than just um, something a bit fluffy for Halloween of you know, let's come in, we'll frighten the life out here of and off you go. Um, but generally, the Damn. castle is not enough.
2: <laughs> we were saying we that special do... for you on Saturday night, Steve. When everyone else yeah, I
0: wanted now, to that... do fluffy.
3: Did I?
2: <laughs> well, I think Fluffy is washing her hair that night, Steve.
3: <laughs> you really wanted to
2: do fluffy. <laughs>
3: Who's Fluffy? <laughs> I don't know. Did I mention, though, that we're going to the... um, uh, There's a fancy dress disco in Houlihan's pub (laughs) on Saturday night. So if you see some strange uh, specters outside the window at 3 o'clock in the morning, it's probably the staff rather than anything else. (laughs) Um,
2: (laughs) Getting back to what Ron was saying about... um, hearing our own voices uh, as a communication between the subconscious and conscious aspects of ourselves. There's occasions, and I've been I've been privy to some of them in the castle, where upwards of 10, 12 people have heard the same thing at the one time. Um, uh, in fact, quite recently, we, we had a case where we were, there was a dozen of us sitting around chatting and we heard what sounded like a child's voice saying, Mama. Um, now, that's what it sounded like, the cause for which, I don't know. But it did result in me getting up out of one room and going into the nursery and picking up all the dolls and punching their tummies to see if they made those sounds um, through out some toy just been left on and randomly going off with a run-down battery. Um, I'm not as sure. Actually, Steve, were you? I think you might have been
0: there that night when we explored well, you that. You were going around punching children
2: we no, well, not punching dolls, looking for children.
0: Uh, no,
2: I think I It's a fine that one. and fundamental difference.
0: <laughs> well, actually, it could lead us into the the, the discussion about black-eyed children.
2: <laughs> okay. So we finally we, we discovered that they're a they're a product of, of uh, certain facets of paranormal exploration and is it <laughs> or techniques. Yeah,
0: a product of a product of the ghost hunter rather than the uh, <laughs> than the true paranormal.
2: Yeah, but um, so yeah, I mean, we have had occasions where more than one person will have heard the "quote unquote" voice. So I think that rules out the the subconscious communication of the individual to themselves in that instance. Yeah,
3: there's a it's a the, the castle Ron, You need to come over. The castle has the most beautiful, peaceful atmosphere in it. Um, I manage the 1798 centre as well and the, the guys will tell you come five o'clock in the evening of a dark winter's evening when we're closing up absolutely your brain takes over there are museum grade mannequins there that just are terrifying when you're going around so I buy the argument of your brain kicking in in the 1798 centre and it's dark it's sombre it's you know outside is dark as well and and. and I get the bit where your brain has you on edge to expect something but the castle just doesn't have that atmosphere
2: at all. No absolutely and and bear in mind that that this is a location where you have 800 years of of Irish history where you have um, significant um, social upheaval, battles, pitch cappings, partial hangings. Dungeon. You know everything that, that should make it feel the opposite to how it does. But and I've used this analogy before, but it quite literally wraps its arms around you when you go into that space and and, and that kind of is, is unusual or it even takes you out of the, the comfort of what you expect it to be, which isn't that um,
3: so, so you're not on your guard expecting something because no. it just it just has its own personality of. It loves to perform. It loves a crowd. It, I, I promise you, when you come into it, you'll go. Actually, do you know what? I know exactly now what you're talking about. Um, but it just has the most welcoming atmosphere. That when you come in through the doors, there's no expectation of something's going to jump out at me. Or you know, it, there are no dark corners in it. It's you know fully lit. Mm-hmm. Uh, windows on the four sides of it so there's not you know there's nothing that would put you subconsciously on edge to expect something it's just it's not there so that's probably why there's nobody coming down going you know i got grabbed or i got something went bump on the back stairs or something like that that just it's not there
1: but but, you know what's interesting is you're running this event and and it's called a ghost event right so i mean you've already put that in people's heads that you know, there's ghosts there. I might see a ghost. I might get touched by a ghost. I want to get touched by a ghost. I want to see a ghost. So in in a way, you are kind of, uh, you know, tainting the audience already.
2: Well, no, I mean, you know, we are saying that there are to the extent that whatever a ghost is, there, there, there may well be based on our experience. But what we're saying is that even when there is, it doesn't have to be, this, what the stereotypical expectation of the individual will be with regard to how it engages with
0: them. Actually, isn't the event entitled "Ghosts Busted"?
2: <laughs> right, it's... So that
0: just, you know, right way,
1: it conjures up images of Ghostbusters.
0: Uh, no, it says "Ghosts Busted."
1: Yeah, um, but it, I mean, to me, that that conjures up images of Ghostbusters. The first thing okay, I what
0: think. Do, what, what did you call? What do you call your event, Ron? How's, how do you get around the expectation and belief barrier then, problem? I,
1: I don't, I don't, I don't push them off as anything else but in a ghost event. Uh, it, well, that's exactly what they build as, and that's exactly what people well, expect. But you know what?
2: Ultimately, whatever the motivation is that brings the person to the event or to the location, if they come with a stereotypical expectation or perspective or notion, and by virtue of them being there, we get to present them with counterpoint. well, then that's a good thing, surely
1: oh, absolutely, just as I challenge you know different things on the radio myself, and sometimes I don't even believe what I say by the way uh, <laughs> it, it it's it it's to make you know people think, and I think that's the key of everything that we should be doing in the paranormal field is because mm. there are so many unknowns we we have to explore everything we have to think about things and not just accept things and we're yeah, con- no, I, 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 yeah sorry, go ahead, Steve.
0: I was going to say, we have to think about an ad break very shortly. Yeah, it's about uh,
1: 30 seconds, so, uh, well, 15 now. So, anyways, I also want to mention that Pararex is now up and running, so uh, we welcome our Pararex listeners who were in the dock there for a little bit, but that's going good. So, anyways, yeah. um, we have to take a break right now. Uh, you are listening to Ghost Chronicles International right here on TojiNet, Pararex, uh, Planet Paranormal, Ghost Channel, and beyond. And we'll be right back after the following messages with Steve Parson and Ron Cole.
3: spooky, they all talk all the gooky. The family, the shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal. The Parrax family,
0: they're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite rule. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parrax family.
3: <laughs> I am brave beyond belief. Nothing yeah, we'll Scares me.
1: Except so, anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles: Next Generation with Anne and Ron.
2: See you then.
0: And the galloping footsteps of the zombie four-horsemen of the apocalypse, which is why it so slowly brings us back into part two of Ghost Chronicles International. With the ever-sceptical Ron Kolek over in New England and the ultra-believer, ultra-gullible gold standard in stupidity here in West Wales. And our guests tonight are sort of in the middle, uh, slightly biased towards the west of the Atlantic, the east of the Atlantic, no... East of the Atlantic, yeah. Uh, over in over in the Republic of Ireland, uh, Michael Benson from Paranormal Wexford and Jackie Haynes from Ennis Corthy Castle and the Rebellion Centre, the 1798 Centre. And before the break, we were talking about... Somebody Stuff. jump in here and remind me quickly. You
1: know, you know what's really interesting is... Uh, <laughs> I really envy you, Stephen Parsons, for being able to go over there on Halloween because... Uh, you know, from what I hear, it's an amazing place, and it's not only the castle itself, but they also have the the uh, ant- I guess the word antiques in there, or, or uh, the collectibles, or whatever they are. And I, I mean, I would give my firstborn child to be over there on Halloween with you. Uh,
3: they well, worked let's, hard.
0: Let's make it happen with this, the, Not this Halloween, but there's 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 one every year. We're lucky because Halloween is an annual event, and so, in fact, off the record, I was talking about that very idea last night with Michael, so who Mm -hmm. knows what future might hold.
1: Oh, that's interesting. But I I have to, before we get back to our guest, Steve, I have to ask you one question, and and that is, I, I just noticed that you have been approved from electronic devices to speaking with the dead?
0: Yeah, I've, I've had this idea for uh, for about two years now uh, an experiment to test the idea of whether the dead can communicate with the living using electronic devices and we, Like we've the K2 meter? Like the K2 and like other electronic devices that are now so readily employed by ghost hunters but it's mm-hmm. designing the, the, the right sort of experiment and then putting that forward uh, for research grant funding and approval and uh, so I put the proposal together earlier this year it's been through all the committee stages and i got the approval notice today so i can go ahead and try the experiment hopefully hopefully uh, in a year or so's time i'll publish the results but uh, i'm not allowed to actually go into details with the experiment just yet because it can affect uh, the outcome of publication absolutely uh, absolutely so, uh, and uh, but, uh,
1: they're giving you a big water cash for this too
0: oh I wish you know it's a dollar uh, what's, what's the saying for Ghost Hunters Ron another day uh, another dollar, dollar.
1: <laughs> yep dollar a day. Yep.
0: Dollar. A Anyways,
1: day so back to our uh, our uh, guest and that's Michael Benton and Michael I want to thank you so much for the uh, the book I really appreciate that even though I browbeated you into it
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my pleasure it you know, I hope you enjoyed the read, and, and I hope it, it wet your appetite further for visiting us here on this side of the the Atlantic.
1: And you know, the interesting thing about that is, uh, Steve and I were talking about uh, going over to the UK, and he was trying to discourage me about it. And I was saying, well, you know, if I go, I want to go into Ireland and then uh, eventually take the ferry into there. So, but I wanted to see Ireland before the UK, so I, I thought that would be great.
2: Yeah, well, that's a very doable thing, flying to Dublin, trek down the coast, say hello to us, and a quick skip on the ferry, and you're in the UK again. There you go. So,
1: anyways, do uh, you want to tell us a little bit more about this event you are holding on, Halloween?
2: Yeah. Um, very I mean, excited about the fact. Sorry, go ahead.
1: We talked about it a little bit, but can you give us a little bit more details? Like, for instance, where can you people get tickets, and, and, and what is it totally comprised of?
2: Okay, well... In terms of people getting tickets, I think the poster is actually on Ghost International from this evening. Um, they are available online. Um, they are limited in number because we want people to have uh, an active participatory experience rather than a passive observational one. So, you know, it's important to find that balance as well um, as opposed to just herding people in and taking their hard-end Monday and sending them out again three hours later or six hours later. Uh, and the whole thing is that they have the opportunity to, to immerse themselves in and learn from uh, the vast experience that certainly Steve is going to bring to the nights that he's um, presenting his talks, his lectures, and his his uh, involvement in the actual practical investigation process that follows on from that. Okay. I'm conscious that I'm talking you up, Steve.
0: Holy <laughs> <laughs> shit. At least you haven't said world-renowned yet. That's a good thing.
2: No, well, the, the, the poster says that, so, you know, it's there in writing, black and white, yeah. and a bit of blue and some I, red. I think
0: Ron would agree I'm renowned, but probably for the wrong reasons. Yeah,
2: something like that. Anyways, um,
1: I, I understand the lecture bit of it. So uh, will you actually be doing investigating as well? Will the, the people who purchase tickets go out on an investigation with Steve and your group?
2: Yeah, I mean, this, this is an important part of it, and it's, it's a part that people might inadvertently miss when they see the poster. But when the formalities of the lecture or the talk are over, people then get to apply, in a practical sense, an exploration of that and, and what's been talked about and, and how it's um, put into practice in a practical sense. And where sometimes theory and practice don't always meet in the middle, you know, theories are fine, but in practice they can break down for any number of reasons, X, Y, or Z. And, you know, it's, it's all happening in the one space on the one night. So it, it's a very comprehensive um, opportunity for people to learn something useful.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I suppose My- Michael is pointing at me just to say from the castle's perspective, um, ghosts and paranormal are very in vogue at the minute from a tourism perspective, a marketing perspective, so um, I suppose thankfully in in Wexford and in Ireland around Halloween that's a very crowded market um, and we're delighted to be able to add on to to more uh, scientific uh, lectures and talks that you know a lot of people who've come to our paranormal sessions are regulars that enjoy coming on on a on an ongoing basis but this is something different it's the next step up for them that they can um explore their interest a little bit more for uh, a little bit further so rather than just come in for a six-hour session that uh sometimes is more about performance and uh, what they perceive themselves uh, on a Halloween night. Um, we're delighted to be able to offer something totally different, and I think it's, and it is unique to County Wexford uh, this time around that that does bring uh, a renowned expert over to be joined by, by our own renowned experts mm-hmm. um, and, and let people think about it a little bit more rather than the very quick experience that they have on a public session. So we're delighted to be able to bring a little bit uh, yeah. more academia to yeah,
2: it. I, mean, I think, I think if, it, if it adds to their toolkit a little bit more with regard to processes that allow them to consider how to think rather than what to think, then that's a good thing.
0: Absolutely. I think, a, I think I'd just like to personally add that you know it's Halloween as well, so there will be a fun element to it. You know, it's not just going to be uh, you know boring talks and uh, boring ghost hunts. You know, uh, ridiculing everything and uh, debunking, which is a word I hate. But you know, for Halloween, I, th- I think you have to introduce an element of fun uh, in the in the education. So it's more edutainment.s uh, because people, you know, they like to have a little bit of fun on Halloween. People like to dress up, and people like to uh, tell spooky. I mean, there's a long tradition of telling uh, telling spooky stories, uh, which which really uh, linked to Halloween is is an American import. Because here in the UK, uh, ghost stories and the telling of ghost stories and the appearance of ghosts is is more traditionally associated with Christmas. Um, but we've sort of imported the American concept of Halloween in recent years. And uh, I think we, we we do need to say you know, we do need worth pointing out that we are going to have a little bit of fun on the nights as well. It's not just going to be all dull uh, being lectured at. Mm-hmm.
2: No, well I mean there is one life size plastic skeleton that occupies <laughs> a home and small staircase. I mean that probably qualifies as a bit of fun, I think.
0: Well, I'm going I think that what he put means New England is- Ghost Project cap on it then.
1: There
3: you go. <laughs> I what Michael means is he's not dressing up in fancy dress. <laughs>
1: no.
0: Ooh, that was a shot. So if of
2: I'd my... have been too scary, I'm not dressing down. Hey,
0: hey you've got, you guys have got to be careful. Ron is the consummate dresser up. up he's got... My bow. Yeah, you have got the biggest dressing up wardrobe I've ever seen. You better believe...
3: Well, if, you, if you put your picture up on Facebook, i will put mine up. In my, fancy dress, I
1: should say. my picture is always and shall be
0: on Facebook. Yeah, I, I can't recall many pictures many of one without fancy dress.
3: Oh. <laughs> we'll have a look at it then in a bit and see how can we compare.
0: Mm, yeah, interesting. So, anyway, well, did host the steampunk ghost hunt, which was which absolutely.
1: Was, that was that was amazing. We had a great time with that. Um, so there will be no bobbing for apples then, I guess.
2: Uh, we, we hadn't given any conscious thought, but let's not take it off the table just yet.
3: Let's just swap the sandwiches then for apples.
0: <laughs> Two don't o'clock in dare. the morning
3: when everybody's starving.
0: I f- don't want five a day. I, I, I don't want healthy. Where's the nearest oh, Burger King?
2: We well, a, you know what we could camp do, camp? actually? We could bob for apples, and then we could test to see if the water remembers the sequence in which the people bobbed for them.
0: <laughs> there you no. go. There you go. Absolutely. See, see, that's called science.
2: You could actually actually
1: use a hydrophone and see if you get any EVPs while people bob
0: for happens. Actually, hydrophones are infrasonic as well, so we could look for infrasonic too.
2: You'll hear a a sort of a a distorted voice
0: going, I can't (laughs) breathe! I <laughs> Hang on, didn't didn't some paranormal group contemplate or put together an idea of ghost hunting the Titanic some years ago?
1: Uh-huh. I've already done underwater ghost hunting. Uh we did a ghost hunt cruise in which we actually searched for uh German U boats and other lost vessels and souls of the lost vessels. So been there, done that. Yeah.
0: yeah. Trouble is all the captain's just filled up with water. To-
1: no, no, no. Uh, we, had, like, we, had, we, had, we designed uh, special equipment for hydrofoams and so forth, so it was good.
2: Uh, yeah. Well, well as I pop say pop all, we, all we Post can potentially tag. offer people uh, all we can potentially offer people is a is a half sunken dungeon Something. and um diverse have maybe I don't know. Yeah. And a
0: half chewed apple at the end.
1: <laughs> you could put a, you could put an alligator in the in the dungeon.
2: <laughs>
3: That would be a tourist
2: attraction, yeah. Yeah, sounds sounds like
0: a snap decision to me, (laughs) Doran. Actually, if memory serves me right, guys, um, Ellis Corfe has a unique ghost or a unique uh, uh, spirit haunting it, according to the manager, at least um, one I've never encountered before in a paranormal situation, and that is uh, a genie. Oh no, don't go there! Isn't isn't that right? Now, this is something that I mean. Jackie brought it to my attention some some months ago. saying that there was uh, apparently reports of a genie inside Aniskorthy Castle or a jinn, which is uh, a Middle Eastern or an Islamic-type uh, mm. spirit. So, Jackie, I mean, how did this come about? Is this linked to the Crusades or, you know, how did a genie I, I, I end up in Ireland? I
3: think you got it slightly wrong there, Steve. I think what I told you is that I wanted a genie <laughs> in the castle as a marketing tool. Rather than a paranormal tool, so no, no genie. Unfortunately, we had um, we were working on a, a whole branding uh, exercise, some marketing taglines for us that were unrepeatable. But yeah, absolutely, no genie. genie. They'd,
2: they'd be rife with innuendo. So <laughs> you know, I think it's best to draw a discreet veil over that. <laughs> I, I, we, were,
3: we were working I, on a range of lamps as well, but Ooh, um,
2: I like that the
1: idea. quantities
3: were too big for us so uh,
1: no, it's too I felt bad. a
3: bit like Baruch of going I want one daddy I want one so I wanted a genie
1: yeah. you got to be
0: careful you might rub one the wrong way there we go uh, uh, and we're off with the innuendo off and running <laughs> over I'm the hills and far away
2: I'm being extremely so- restrained and, and, and uh, exercising extreme self control because uh, yeah I've, I've, I've offered a litany of, of innuendo-type T-shirt slogans. uh. (laughs) There you go!
3: So, (laughs) anyway...
1: So, so Michael, I mean, you have collected uh, a lot of evidence there at the castle. Uh, Has uh, Steve reviewed it at all, by any chance?
2: Uh, Well, we've had discussions about it. I mean, review, it's probably a a step further than than we were taking it in the formal context, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean,
0: do you want to add to that, Steve? Well, to be honest with you, it's absolutely something I would not do um, because uh, it's not my business to review the evidence presented by another group unless it was in a formal context. Good man. Except, you know, had it it been presented in a journal context and I was asked to uh, be one of the peer reviewers, then that's different. But um, Michael is a very competent investigator Uh and one I'm more than happy to be associated with and one who... I think he's more than capable of making his own decisions without any review or help from me.
1: Right. And, you know, Michael, that's actually a a very good compliment because I know Steve and Steve is very uh, protective of his image. So um, I I don't know why he even hangs around with me, but um, you're lucky. Let's put it that way.
3: Can I just say, Michael, is PayPal and the 20 euro over as we speak? (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, uh, my
0: <laughs> well i'm actually ta- i'm i'm actually sharing the radio show with probably two of uh, a handful of investigators in the world that I would trust so uh, uh, this is getting there sick you go. Get I know I know, but you raised the subject, so I thought I best uh, you know that's the truth yeah. of it that's
1: yeah kind of it. brown nose a little yeah, i understand yeah yeah even
0: though yeah, even I mean, though at- you know even though I was subjected to a shack hack and uh a wait, wait, did
1: you not go home with the hack
0: shack? I did, and I'm so grateful to Jim for my first encounter with an actual shack hack. Um, I've seen several different variants um, of the of the idea, uh, but I'd never actually come across because Radio Shack is an American company, mm-hmm. um, and so it was my first actual hands-on experience with a shack hack. Um which interestingly, every time I asked it a question blew an electronic raspberry at me um which oh. might have been the <laughs> fact which might have been due to the fact that either the spirits were, sub- were were picking up telepathically on my thoughts on this busted radio technique, or maybe it was because we were in an American fort and I was speaking in a terribly British accent, right. and it was their comments upon uh, my Englishness, but every time I asked the question, it just raspberryed at me. Well, well deserved,
1: golf. well deserved, I'm sure. Anyways, uh, we actually had a, a question from the chat room and they wanted, They got in late because Pararex was off and they wanted to know who we were talking with and what castle were we talking about. So you want to answer that question first?
0: Okay, tonight our guests are Michael Benson from Wexford Paranormal in the Republic of Ireland and Jackie Hines, who is, the, who is the manager, curator and genie keeper. Of both Enniscorthy Castle and the seventeen ninety eight rebellion center both in ennis in county Wexford, Ireland, where uh, i've been invited to go over to spend halloween hmm. yeah, the uh the rebellion center
1: now you, you you talked about that I think on last show about uh the the English trapping some of the people on the top of a hill am I
3: getting that correct? Uh, you are uh, the the one thing we do say though is that it's not the English because uh, surprisingly enough, most of the Crown forces were made up of the Irish. So, uh, and just to 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 um, confirm that Steve doesn't talk about any uh, paranormal sessions, uh, I had the pleasure of his his conversation for two days solid, and we talked about battlefield. Oh,
1: God bless you. <laughs> I <know.
3: laughs> couldn't get rid of him. <laughs>
1: took me two weeks to get rid of them.
3: <laughs> oh like, I'm tired now. <laughs> so, no, we talked about battlefield archaeology for two days solid and nothing about paranormal. So I um, haven't added to my knowledge of paranormal, but I know a lot more now about battlefields than I did. So, so have,
1: uh, yeah. Have there been any reports of, um, you know, any paranormal activity from the, the hill where the, the Irish were... Um, Massacred, I guess is the word, uh, by other Irish?
3: Um, yeah, no, I think I had ex- explained to him, my background is actually in folklore, so there would have been accounts of um, of people seeing relatives who had died at the battle. Uh, the, the funny saying they have over here is that a lot of the ghosts disappeared with the arrival of electricity, so um, <laughs> a lot... A lot of the ghost stories that would have been recorded years ago, there aren't so many of them of them now uh, because people don't seem to believe or aren't as superstitious, aren't as religious, aren't as God-fearing, and that seems to have done away with a lot of, of the ghosts. But we have a research project into what actually happened on the hill um, underway at the minute, and part of that is to record any of the traditions that are there about um those that died on the hill, and and mm-hmm. because part of it is folklore, some of the apparitions, if there are any, then will come up. Um, I think some of the, there are locals that do say that they do see apparitions up there on the twenty first of June. I'd be curious for to for to test that. The, Michael is acutely aware that I l- I love to test why things happen. Why do the blue lights go off? The motion sensors go off on the stairs, and none of us are there. So, um, no, so. my. My childlike curiosity is, is very much going, why is it doing that? And if I turn it upside down, will it still do that? Uh, <laughs> so it'll be, it'll be a nice one to to test and, and check that out in and around the time of the battle. But, you know, nothing, nothing you know, mad drastic of hearing, you know, 10,000 army men marching over the field or anything like that, but...
0: No, but there are, there are recent accounts, contemporary accounts, of people who have uh, been walking on Vinegar Hill around, uh, around dawn. I'm sure Michael's aware of them, who have had uh, paranormal experiences, uh, even, in re- even in very recent times.
2: Mm, yeah, and I mean, I suppose from a research point of view, I'd like to know how many of them were predisposed to expectation based on an understanding of the history and, and how many
3: Almost of those... Yes.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, uh, curious. Yeah, curious, I'd say. It,
2: it's, not to, it's not to be dismissive in, in any sense of it, having a potential for being paranormal, uh, quote-unquote, but it's, it's to endeavour to make what you offer as evidence as strong as it possibly or verifiably can be. So it's not about being negative. It, it's about being um, so mindful of the topic Gosh. and the subject... Sorry, say that again? Cautious. It's about being cautious. Uh, yeah, well, I don't even know if it's cautious necessarily. It's just if you're, if you're going to present a finding, make sure that finding has as much um, value as it can by virtue of the process you've implied to take it to that point. Yeah. You know, rule no, letter it
0: Yeah, I've been trying very hard all evening to appear to be, because people have accused me of being <laughs> cynical um, about many of the claims. <laughs> so I've been trying desperately been trying desperately all evening to appear to be uh, a gullible believer, and it's not working very well. In the minute, I'm just going to say the whole thing's bollocks and be done with it. (laughs) Um, I go and revert back to type. Um, But, you know, when it comes comes to an account, when it comes to somebody's subjective account and their description, their testimony, we have to accept as a first step. Uh, what they're saying at face value and then go back and, and yes. examine the claim and test yes. the claim. But, you know, it, it might sound implausible or incredible, but, you know, we do have uh, only that testimony to go on. And it is important that we we try and put aside our beliefs to an extent uh, in order to treat that objectively and um, you know, take it at face value all too often you know our beliefs get in the way you know if we're skeptical we we're, we're very very uh, likely to become dismissive and if we're if we believe in something we're much more likely to be accepting of it um, so when it comes to testimony we just have to take it it is in many cases, in many paranormal instances, it's the only piece of information that we have to go on anyway. Uh, is the human it testimony that
1: person's reality too? I mean, they saw it is what absolutely. They, saw. they believe what they saw, and a lot of times you get groups that that use the word. And I hate this too, uh, Stephen, is debunk, and they'll try to reproduce it, and they might get something similar. So therefore, they call it the debunk. But similar is not necessarily
0: no, exactly. Uh, you know, so. I, yeah, I, you're absolutely I, right There's too many groups yeah. do that they, I mean there was one of the flaws of the Enfield case uh, one or two of the investigators went along and saw one of the children actually throw uh, an object in the kitchen and then immediately made the assumption uh, that therefore all of the events that took place during that particular haunting that policy guy's case, were therefore fraudulent. So that's that's you know, that's just misleading and wrong. And that was the pizza bell in my ear while I was saying that. Yes it was. It means the pizza yeah. from
2: the dead is here, so we have to have it <laughs> right well just remember nothing in what I said was about debunking or disproving. It was about you know step as you said, stepping back, testing and measuring and, and considering the variables yeah. to add strength and potential validity or whatever to it.
0: True, Speaking uh, of add, adding things, do you want to add the email addresses and how the people can come to join us at Wexford uh, in Enniscorthy Castle in the last minute or so?
2: Absolutely. They will find details on Wexford Paranormal's own website, which is www.wexfordparanormal.com, or as I say, on the Ghost Chronicles Facebook page, you will find the poster with a direct link to uh, the page where anyone who is interested in purchasing tickets can locate those as well. Um,
0: and how much are they going to be charged? And Are there any special offers?
2: Yes, there are indeed. Uh, for the six-hour night on Friday, it's €40 euros only. For each of the two lectures individually, they're coming in at €25 euros each night. But if you purchase the two of them, it's €40. Euros. So you're actually saving €10 euros in total across the two nights wow. if you purchase them as a two-ticket package.
0: Wow. There you go. I For our it... American listeners, a euro is worth about a half a dollar.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have no clue what a euro is.
0: Yeah, nobody really does it. It's more. It's 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 more European chocolate money.
1: Yeah. As soon as you leave the uh, the the uh, market there, then you'll be fine. Go back yeah. pound sterling, you'll be
0: happy. Happy. Yeah.
3: We'll take any currency in Enniscorthy Castle, so don't yeah.
0: worry about it. Cool. I've got I've got some lira. You get some American bucks, don't you? Uh, it doesn't
1: no.
3: matter. We'll we'll do the conversion. It'll be Anyways, fine.
1: Anyway, there's the tune, so we gotta go. So we want to thank you guys so much for enjoying, for coming on the show. We really enjoyed the conversation, no matter which way it went. And uh, thank. You. Good luck with your event on Halloween, and good I luck. With Ron. You too.
3: See yes, you and soon. we'll
1: see you this side soon, hopefully. Oh, hopefully, and uh, good luck uh, having Steve that whole night. God bless
0: you. <laughs> God I don't know, what doesn't kill us only
2: make us stronger. Uh, <laughs> is, cheers, is that a compliment?
0: Steve. Good night. God it bless. It
2: was. It was absolutely.
0: <laughs> good night, everybody. Good night. Cheers. See you <laughs> bye. Talk to you soon.